Hello, and welcome back to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. And in this episode, I'll talk about The Green Hills of Earth, published by Robert A. Heinlein, originally in the Saturday Evening Post, um, dated February 8th, 1947. And uh, this is this one clearly fits into Heinlein's future history series of, of short stories, largely because our main character in this story is mentioned by other characters in that. But... I will say that although this does stand on its own, if you want to put it in the future history series, it's one of the best like world building um, examples we have in that series. Uh, I've kind of complained before how loosely this is this world is is built. It's kind of usually just references, and and yeah, to be fair, Riesling, the blind singer of the spaceways, is the connection to the other stories. Um, in the future history the world building here is so good and it it informs those other stories more than it is at more it's more how this makes you look at those other stories maybe in new ways and with a richer world around it than this is dependent on those other stories i guess um now riesling is as the first line of the story tells us, the blind singer of the spaceways is essentially like the poet laureate of, of future Earth. And his poem, The Green Hills of Earth, uh, which is quoted at the beginning and the end of the story, uh, we get bits and pieces of this. And this was a poem that was rewritten and adapted over the life of Riesling. Um, in fact, the first version came when you still could see, he could still see. He lost his sight in an accident in space. And then he died later on of radiation sickness in space on his way home to Earth after living most of his life basically as a traveling troubadour uh, throughout uh, the solar system. So we get different chunks of, we don't get the whole poem at any point, but we get different chunks of it. And essentially it's, um, there's two sides to the poem. One is this ambition of humans in space, right? An optimism about humans venturing out into the universe and and into the solar system and having its place there and that being a good thing in that sense it's, it's like columbus was a dope but through it at all is this nostalgia for for earth right it is the green hills of earth that are being sung about in, in, as, as a memory right something people long to return to um and when I talk about world building here, it, it's right there at the beginning of the story. Quote, to quote a bit of this, uh, the language does not matter. It was certainly an earth tongue. No one ever translated Green Hills into the lisping Venerian speech. No Martian ever croaked and whispered it in the dry corridors. This is ours. We of Earth have exported everything from Hollywood crawlies to synthetic radioactives. But this belongs solely to Terra and to her sons and daughters, wherever they may be. We have heard all the we have all heard stories of Riesling. You may even be one of the many who had sought degrees by scholarly evaluation of his published works, Songs of the Spaceways, the Grand Canal, and other poems, high and far and up ship. Um, so it's an Earth culture, 
right? Now, Earth is dominated in the solar system. We have these other species, the Venerians, the people from Venus, and Martians, and then, but it's, it's a human uh, thing. So the idea is a human longing for home. Uh, to quote the poem, at least one part of it, um, I pray for one last landing on the globe that gave me birth. Let me rest my eyes on the fleecy skies and the cold green hills of Earth. So Earth here is what, we, you know, all Terrans will want to return to, to see one last time. And it's, it's of course, very sad that Riesling is blind, so he sees everything through memory. And this is dealt with directly in the text by Heinlein, how the minute he goes blind, like he writes about women as beautiful. He sees things as he remembers them from when he could see. So he doesn't think back at sights as they have changed. He, he, uh, now, I don't think, I don't know if that's how blind people actually perceive the world. I think it's, it's probably a little reductive to say they, they're not conscious of change. Uh, they, things can be explained to them, right? Obviously, but he only has that memory of things or what his mind can create out of that. So usually you rest on memory, but when he talks about women, all women are beautiful. And that's obviously a creation in your mind, right? You hear a voice, you imagine uh, what that looks like. And that, of course, is a very useful tool for a poet, right? Isn't it great fun then to, to, uh, to write poems for people, right? Regardless of how they looked, right? Because that is a, you know, but if you can imagine them as beautiful, as someone you're after, as someone you would adore and desire that that makes it a much more pleasurable experience to to write a song or a poem for them so um as i said as far as world building goes this is this is a really great story just in talking about that human experience in space which is something of course is alluded to in the other future history stories but i think never this directly and um the story itself is presented almost as an article in a, in a magazine like the Saturday Evening Post, but but in the future. Um, it's very much like a journalistic account of, of Riesling. You know, like some journalist wrote this story about the last moments of his life, as well as giving context of his whole life story. Now, everyone apparently knows a lot of this already, so it's why such a story would need to exist. I guess it's the, you know the same reason we have clickbait today. Like, you know, there's most clickbait is, is what people already know they just click on it because it reinforces they want to hear the story or they want to be part of that discourse even if they know where it's going to end up right right the reason we get clickbait is we've been looking at similar stories on that um on that topic so we, we get nothing new but we get some kind of validation out of it so i i think this story sort of fits in that that genre of course heinlein has to tell us about riesling and about his poem, so he needs a means to do that. And he could have done that by telling a story, uh, but instead he does it by writing in the style of the journal he's writing in, in this case, the Saturday Evening Post. And I think that's quite well done and interesting. Um, we are told that Riesling published both uh, vulgar and, and more, I guess, high-minded uh, poems and songs through his life, but he was a like a sailor essentially. So he's a sailor type. He rides the space waves. He worked on the ships, and he sung songs about life on the ship. Which of course is going to have songs like we even get the names of some of these. We don't get them quoted. We're told we can't quote these for a family-friendly magazine, but 
titles like Since the Pusher Met My Cousin, That Red-Handed Venusburg Gal, Keep Your Pants On, A Spacesuit Built for Two are just some of the examples we get. So he he has those, all these unpublished vulgar stories that are carried on through oral traditions in the spaceways among the sailors. I'm going to call them sailors. They're, they're I guess, spacemen, but they're sailors, essentially. right? Um, and Riesling is an old tar. Even though he's not that old when he dies, he's he goes blind, so he becomes just the troubadour. He just becomes the the guy who hangs on on ships and goes port to port, living his life, singing his songs, begging for change, hitching rides on on, on the spaceways, and people appreciate that and want him here because he is so famous. And he first becomes famous there, and then after his death, his poems get published by major publishers. I think it's even before he died, they start to be published. And he becomes the, the really essentially the poet laureate of a spacefaring Terran civilization. So all this is just great and wonderful and, and lots and lots of fun. Um, so what more to say about the story? Um, well, obviously read it. Um, this is one to read. I, I've already kind of been praising these 1947 stories which are all short. This one is a little bit longer than Columbus was a dope, but not much. It's it just, I think, 10 pages or so. That one was two. It's, it's a little bit longer. Um, but um, so we get the world building in just the place of this poetry in the Terran consciousness in the, this period where humans are venturing out into, into space. And having both ambition and dreaming of those places, the gal from Venusburg or whatever, even the green hills of Earth has both verses that speak of venturing out, but also nostalgia for Earth is running throughout them as well. Let me let me show you this. This is jumping to the end of the story, but it's fine. Um, some of his final ones, uh, final verses, which he's writing as he's essentially dying. Um, the arching sky is calling, spacemen back to their trade, all hands stand by, free falling, and the light before us fade. Out ride the sons of Terra. Far drives the thundering jet, up leaps the race of Earthmen, out far and onward yet. So he, he writes this kind of new ending, he expands on the poem, but then he ends again with this verse. We pray for one last landing on the globe that gave us birth. Let us rest our eyes on the fleecy skies and the green hills of Earth. Um, that that true ending of it, so the nostalgia for for Earth, which and of course green hills, something you're never going to see in the solar system. You don't have plants on those planets, I presume. I guess you have you have Venusians and Martians, so they must have some kind of plant life, I suppose. But you're not going to have the green hills of Earth. You can look at Mars and Venus to know you're not going to get those there. Now the other part of the world building, besides the poetry and the like, the 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 real legitimate effort here to imagine what a human culture would be like in space. And the poetry is not great. I think Green Hills of Earth, Heinlein put some thought into in time. It's, it's not a bad poem. I don't know if it would have been as like, if this poem really, I don't know. I'm sure Heinlein is not the greatest poet, right? So he, he tries really hard here and it works and you get what he's trying to say. It's not Shakespeare, right? I guess, but it's nice. It, it is nice. It's like a song, and, and and he is presented. Riesling is presented as a song 
singer, not not as a poet like a like a like a Spencer or Shakespeare or something. But anyways, my point is the other culture, the other side of the culture we get is not the broader human culture, but then the culture of of the spaceways, of of the sailors, of the ports, of cities like Venusburg, of the runs, of the captains, of the risk-taking spacemen, the risk-taking sailors. They basically are just sailors, and they, they fit that archetype of sailors. But of course, they're the ground troops of this expansion. In this sense, the story does pair well, I think, with Columbus was a dope, because they seem to be touching some of the main points. This does it in a much more romantic and beautiful way, though. It's not just built on an irony. There's, no, there's not an irony here. Right? We, we know Riesling dies. We know he becomes a famous poet from the very first lines of the story. We know he's blind and faces tragedy. So none of that is a surprise to us. I guess the surprise is, if there is an irony here, it's in that The Green Hills of Earth is a poem that is both praising expansion and showing nostalgia for the home, that the, these go together. Um, and I guess this could be criticized as, like those other optimistic stories that Heinlein wrote of being essentially a pro-empire, very kind of pro-American empire kind of story. Sure, right? But it's so beautifully done here, the imagining of, of a culture of the spaceways. It's really, it, it's something you don't get less, so much in Star Trek, right? There's elements of it in a show like Star Trek, but Star Trek shows a frontier, even though it calls it, it's about the final frontier, it's a frontier that's tamed. The Federation, especially with Next Generation, the Federation is a police force. It's a military force, right? It's not really a frontier anymore. But the image we get here really is of a frontier with really rough and rowdy people. The kind of people who are willing to abandon everything to take a high-risk job, which they might probably not come back from. The kind of like people like Riesling are a special type. Right, they're a very small percentage of us. Most of us are quite uh, more conservative, and we, and Riesling is a great archetype of that because he risks his life twice uh, that we're told about explicitly here, and in both times he, he he in one case he dies, in the other he's blinded by um by his sacrifice, and you can imagine many other spacemen on the, on these sailors suffer that same sort of fate. Now, I guess one more thing to say about this story is that, and I guess this is connected to the theme of the poem, The Green Hills of Earth as well, is Riesling's ability to see beauty in space and how this is even enhanced by his blindness. Quote, the subtle changes in orientation which enabled him to see beauty at Mar Marsopolis, when beauty was not, now began to affect soul life. All women became beautiful to him. He knew them by their voice and fitted their appearance to the sounds. It was a mean spirit indeed that will speak of a blind man other than in gentle friendliness. Golds who had given his husbands no peace sweetened their voices to Riesling. It populated his world with beautiful women and gracious men. Dark Star Parsing, Bernice's Hair, Death Son of Wolf's Coat, and his other love songs of the Wanderers, the womanless men of space were the direct result of the fact that his conception was unsullied by tawdry truths. End quote. So his blindness allows him to see beauty where, where none are. And, and I can't imagine space is that beautiful. And it's like mundane day-to-day -day life, right? Venusburg does not sound like a beautiful place. But it can be if you populate it with beautiful women, right? And, and why can't the architecture be beautiful like, so from a certain point of view? So that subjectivity is enhanced by his, his blindness.
Um, but overall, this is a really great story. I I knew about the title from like his collections of short stories. Um, and I think a lot of the stories from this period are collected in a book called The Green Hills of Earth. And I don't really remember Riesling showing up in other stories. I know from Wikipedia he does, uh, just passing reference. But yeah, this is a good one. This is really one, I think, to dwell on and think about. And I think what Heinlein does here is pretty in, pretty impressive. Um, and his, he, the poetry is pretty good. I, I think what he always shows the Green Hills of Earth kind of evolving till the last moment of the reason's life is, is a really nice bit to the story. So uh, that will be it for this story. I, I think we'll look at um, like Space Jockey next. I think Space Jockey and the other one about people wanting to return to Earth they kind of go together. These seem thematically connected as well. In fact, a lot of these stories deal with that question of like the ambition to go to space, but also the desire to stay at home. All right, we saw that in Columbus was the dope. We saw that here um, in Columbus with the dope. That that sentiment is divided between two characters. Here, it's in one poem, but we see that same tension in some of the other stories. So we'll look at those. And there's a couple stories before we get to Space Cadet that that don't quite fit into this theme, but uh, we'll do those last. So I'll try to have some kind of logical order to it. Um, but that's it for now. So anyways, uh, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.